the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This on-demand presentation from Talk910.com. This is Rob Black. Hear the Rob Black Show every weekday from 10 to noon Pacific Time on 910 AM, more stimulating talk, San Francisco. Thanks for your support. Enjoy the show. This is the new generation of talk radio in the Bay Area. This is KNEW, AM and HD, Oakland, San Francisco, San Jose. Now, your money, your life. It's Rob Black. Ho, ho, ho. Hour two. Rob Black Show. Also known as part two of the Rob Black Show. It's actually not even part two yet because part one ends at 11 past this hour. So the first part of the show is 71 minutes. The second part of the show is 49 minutes. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but you can go to talk910.com, talk910.com and figure it out for yourself. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. Kareem, any good Christmas presents for in your family? I know you've got a little munchkin at home. Anything? Kareem's the intern that he is just a dream. Um, you know, the best thing I got for my son this year was Tony Hawk's ride on the Wii. Okay. It comes with an actual skateboard. Okay. And so you can do actual tricks. I've never skateboarded a day in my life, Rob, yeah. but I, I feel like me and Tony can go head to head. Really? About right now. Yeah. A pretty good virtual experience for you. Definitely. Definitely. Um, did you get a little sick doing it? Did you? Well, I almost sprained my groin. Definitely. Okay, um, that's, that's a tough one. Trying to do a, trying to do a trick. Um, but that's about it. Pretty much a sprained groin. Now, did the, the Wii Fantasy Skateboard um, it's kind of like um, a, a joystick, but right. it's a skateboard. Exactly. So, did it, does it is it responsive? Is it good? It's it's almost to a T. Um, there's maybe a half a second um, drag, but it's it's pretty it's pretty punctual. Do you feel any bit like a douche because, like you said, my skateboarding experience is getting on a board and going straight down a hill, and that's it. I can't turn <laughs> left. I can't turn right. I can't. No tricks. Right. right. So do you feel a little bit like kind yeah, of like a wuss? I feel like a I feel like a loser. Okay. Um but I'm getting older and I'm past my prime so I couldn't actually like go get a real skateboard and start skating. Yeah. So this is like the next best thing for me for guys my age. Good bonding experience with your son? Definitely. Good good. Besides good. actually talking and and reading to him and stuff like that. You know you're supposed to read 5 books a day to your kids? Whoa, 5? Five? 5 books a day. I might be behind a little <laughs> bit. Like you're supposed to finish five all in one day? Yeah, but you can do the you can do the short books. That's a lot of pressure. It is a lot of pressure. <laughs> but that's how they get, they turn out smart. Oh, that's the trick. That's not, that's the trick. Oh, uh, okay. But then again, if he, if you're teaching them um, skateboarding, skateboarding is considered a generation export. I mean, yeah, they're and hand there's in big hand, money right? there. I'm there's saying. big money there. Can I can I get it if I if I can raise a Tony Hawk? I, I think I've done a good job. Good stuff. Yeah. So, thanks, Kareem. No problem. People can see Kareem and people can see Heidi at the Talk Nine Ten blog. And people could at the Talk Nine Ten blog say, "Hey, Cream really is that good looking." Or Heidi's got some new glasses on that are kind of nerdy, which I find nerdy kind of sexy. Ner- Nerdy's the new sexy, like being blonde, not the new sexy. Nerdy kind of the new sexy. So Heidi's got some new nerdy glasses on today. You can see them at Talk Nine Ten dot com. Let's go to Steve in Oakland. Steve. Hey Rob, hey, um, I think you might have answered my question with the previous caller, but uh, 
<clears throat> you always talk about how you don't like uh, stockbrokers and you don't like, uh, um, I forget what they're called, but the... Uh, Insurance agents? Yes, thank you. Lawyers. <laughs> the list is long and it's not trivial. So. <clears throat> but say you want to invest in stocks. Sure. And so without a broker, how do you go about buying them? Oh, it's easy. Um, you can go to Fidelity or Vanguard and you can basically be your own self-directed broker. I don't think... The, the day and age of the broker... Steve, and I've got a friend who's in the industry, her name's Laura. She works for one of the big firms. Every time she does a transaction, it's two, three, four hundred dollars and she gets half that and her firm gets the other half. I think that is it, it's it's for wealthy people. It's for the Tiger Woods who needs a stockbroker, not for you. Um, when you want to buy Visa, like I think you can buy Visa or MasterCard, Steve, and do well in it in the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years. I want you to buy more of it. I want you to go with a low cost brokerage firm that will hold and basically be the custodian of your account for you. They'll do the transactions, the buys and sells. And I'm not against stock brokers, but like, oh, good God. And this is the Edward Jones broker, I think is they're just, they're just unqualified to talk about investments for more than the next five days for five, 10, 15, 20 years. A lot of brokers, they're transaction people. They're salespeople, Steve. They're not investment professionals. They don't, they've never taken a macroeconomics course or a microeconomics course or an economics tied towards the environment where, you know, environmental economics, do you know what the, the, it looks like, Steve? What's that? Do you know what environmental economics looks like? Um, no. Okay. The environment goes to the left and the economy goes to the right. They go in opposite directions. They never work in the same direction. So, like, I don't think stockbrokers are trained to be investment advisors, if that makes any sense at all. I think they're trained to be transaction-oriented. Now, they have a great research department at, like, a Smith Barney City Group where the Edward Jones, they, they got an okay research department. So, I'm just trying to help you by trying to make sure that you don't get in a relationship that may not be in your best interest. No, no. I, I My experience in the past with a broker... Um, Essentially, I lost everything, and if I had gone with my own instincts, um, I would have made a decent amount. You no, know, not a huge amount, but a decent amount of money. Right. And um, so, you know, I've taken your advice. I used to think investing was only for those who had a lot of money, and, you know, your comments like, uh, okay, I'm not going to buy the iPod today. I'm going to take that money, and I'm going to put it away for later. So I've started doing that, and I've got about $5,000 that I want to invest, and I'm just not sure what to, what to put it in. Without being um, silly on you, I would consider a total stock market index, and you can look that up in, like, Google Fidelity Total Stock Market Index, mm -hmm. and that gets you all of America, and that's all. That's capitalism. To me, that's your boss who fires you when you're, you're lazy and the economy stinks. That's the guy who hires you when the economy's doing well. Capitalism is the total stock market index, and then I like Fidelity that excludes Japan, um, Asia excluding Japan. I think those are two great ideas to start building wealth. There's another one, Steve, and how old are you? 42. 42. So basically, you're going to retire in, say, 20, 25 years. So you take this year, 2010, you add 20 to it. Um, if you haven't saved enough for retirement, you add 25 to it. So it's a little bit more aggressive, and you go with a Fidelity Freedom Fund, and it would be the Fidelity Freedom Fund 2035. And it's going to invest in small caps, mid caps, large caps, international, and bonds. And as you get older, it's going to be more safety-oriented, bonds-oriented, and less international-oriented. Um, that's, you know, those are two ideas to start. Now, again, that's kind of cookie cutter. Uh, next thing out of my mouth, Steve could be like, Hey, you married? And you go, yeah, I'm married. Your wife likes stocks. No, then I'd probably want you to be a little bit more conservative. Cause if you fight about money, like you said, with your old broker, you're going to make mistakes where 
suddenly one wants to be more right than the other. One's more greedy and one more is more fearful. Um, I don't like people fighting over money, so I tend to say be more conservative unless you're on the same page. Um, with that said, uh, I don't know enough about you to say go buy 60% total stock market index, 40% uh, fidelity excluding Japan. I think that's a start. I think that's a theory. Another idea in your 401k, for instance, is 20% large, 20% mid, 20% small, 20% international, 20% income. I think that's a good start to say, okay, now that's diversified equity. What do I need specifically? I haven't saved enough for retirement. Then you go 40% international and you cut 10% out of mid and 10% out of small. Um, What is the difference when you say large, mid, small? um, There's something called large cap, small cap, mid cap. Right. And for instance, a lot of people define small cap as any company that's worth $1 billion or less. A lot of people define small mid cap as anything between one and sometimes five, sometimes $10 billion. A lot of people call a large cap company, a company worth over $10 billion. So it differs like golden clay, depending on who you're talking to. It's a lot like women's clothing. If you go to a high scale retailer, a women's two is, is really a woman's four at a low end retailer because the high end retailers want to draw women in who feel good about their size. Even though they're older, they still kind of lie to them and say you're a two, even though she'd really fit into a four or six at a lower-end retailer. Same thing with um, how you define small cap, mid cap, and large cap. Sometimes it depends on the mutual fund. Sometimes it's the individual. So good book for you, though, Steve. Um, You know, I I think this is the best holiday gift that I can give you because I'm feeling like I'm going to get hit by a bus soon. (laughs) Still no contract at Clear Channel. Tick, 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 tick. Four hours left of real live original programming, the no contract. So I'm going to get hit by my bus. So there's a good book out there called The New Rules About Money by Rick Edelman, The New Rules About Money. And it'll explain what a small cap, mid cap, large cap, international value growth, some of those, those silly jargon terms that we throw out there sometimes a little bit too fast. So thanks for the call. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. Got another email that I want to hit ever so briefly. And this one comes to us. I got mail. Yay. I got mail. Yay. This one comes from George and his daughter, Sarah, says, my daughter laughs at me because you're really the only financial guy I respect. But she also asked me, what would Rob do? So there's a WWRD out there. That's cute. What would Jesus do? What would Rob do? Um, She just graduated from Cal in three and a half years. Congratulations, George. You have a very smart daughter and she went to a great college and she's going to make good money. And you got her through college without her ending up in jail. That is an accomplishment. Um, he said that he would buy his kids a new car or a good used car if they graduated. Something they don't have to worry about for the next 10 years in their 20s. I think that's a good man. As long as he's funded his retirement, I think that's a good man. He says, the time's come since she's graduated, but her 1993 Volvo still runs well. And she wants to save the money when the car goes bad. If ever, then she would use it. So we're thinking a money market checking account. So if she needs it, it'll be readily available. We bank at Wells Fargo. Should there be any other choices or put it somewhere else? Well, I'm flattered that you would consider me as a, a source of, of second opinions. Okay, so the bottom line is he promised his daughter a car at this time. She doesn't want it. She doesn't need it. I say beat the hell out of the old car. Run it to the ground. Run it to zero. Now, if you promised her, so let's say it's $20,000. You could put in a money market account, no problem. The problem is you're going to get about 1% or less. ING right now has a 1.3% rate. Alley Bank with GM has a 1.5%. I think you can get a tip, a Treasury Inflation Protected Security. That's not bad. You can get them directly at treasurydirect.gov, treasurydirect.gov. In the last year, there's been no inflation, so they've been awful investments. 
but I think there'll be a little inflation. So I think you'll get protected. That 20000 would be protected with inflation. So if cars go up 3%, that Treasury Inflation Protected Security will go up 3%. You could buy bundled mortgages with Ginnie Mae or Fannie Mae. No, I'm sorry, with a Ginnie Mae fund. You can go to Fidelity Ginnie Mae fund. I like that. My mother's in a Fidelity Ginnie Mae. I consider it very conservative. I think you've got risk principle, but you've got a 3 to 4% dividend yield, which I find attractive. Um, and I would keep it in, in a, a bucket or I would put a Chinese wall, offending all of our Chinese listeners. I would put a Chinese wall. Why not a British wall? Why not an Indian wall? Why not an American wall? But you can put a Chinese wall around that money in whatever investment decision you make. And you don't touch it for a new car. Oops, you do touch it for a new car. You don't touch it for a vacation. You don't touch it for investments. I like the idea of earning a little bit and keeping it in a very safe area that you feel comfortable that it will be there when you need it. Um, so I, I, I think that's good. I, my personal opinion, probably the Fidelity Ginny May Fund. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. 800-345-5639. It's Rob Black Show. 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. You're listening to Rob Black. 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. It's Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. I think the big three things that I'm looking forward... No, no. The big three things I'm looking at in 2010. Business investment, housing, and hiring. That's it. Those are the three things that are going to make or break the year as far as slightly better or slightly worse than expected. You get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Now, housing, I see some reasons for cheer. It's been a slightly better last six months than expected. But inventory reduction is problematic, and cheap mortgages have really helped, and that shouldn't be there forever. Inventories are at historic highs. Foreclosure crisis still going. High unemployment still going. Mortgage resets still going. There's incentive to default. People have lost $100,000 in equity. Walk away from it. So that's not the advice I'm giving you, but that's the advice people are taking. So housing, am I really bullish on? Now, business investment and hiring maybe can make or break 2010. I'm going to do a story on Vegas and gambling. Gambling's changing. And I love Vegas. But the movie The Hangover, wildly overrated. Very average. Best thing about it was that there was no named actors in it. So I'm tired of seeing Julia Roberts. I'm tired of seeing Brad Pitt. I'm tired of seeing, um, you know, Clooney. I like seeing some fresh faces on occasion. Now, in Glorious Bastards, which had Brad Pitt, albeit an aging Brad Pitt, where he's not as beautiful as he was 10 years ago. In Glorious Bastards, best film of the year. Why? Because of the most original film of the year. Let's go to Charlie in San Jose. Charlie? Hey, Rob. Hey. Hey, listen, I have a question for you. I, um, I, I maxed out my equity line of credit because the bank was threatening to close it out. What? I mean, all that. Okay. So I got uh, eighty-three thousand bucks. Just made sure I took everything, but two bucks out. Uh, they just—they just ticked me off by doing that. But still, uh, I'm not—I'm not—I'm uh, not underneath uh, the home. I mean, it's, there's still a lot of equity in it. It's just I just took out the—I well, took out the max I could take out of it at the, at the time. 
and I put that money in a safe place. Uh, it's making way lower interest right now. I'm paying three about three and a quarter interest on that equity line of credit, and then I have, a, but I have it on a CD right now, making only one and a half percent. And I've listened to you a few times talking about Fidelity, and I believe it's a Jenny May fund or or a fund that's making three point three percent. Okay. Uh, and I was thinking of putting it in there. Uh, it's. Um, I feel like it's a safe place. I just want to find out if that's something that, that uh, you would recommend. Uh, I would be pretty much breaking even on it, but I still have it in a safe place, and I could access it any time if I really need it. What do you need the money for, Charlie? I'm sorry? What do you need that equity line of credit for? I don't know. Uh, if I want to, for some reason, uh, uh, tap into it for some kind of construction in my home, uh, if I see something that I want to invest in, it's there. Uh, if I want to purchase uh, I put a down payment on something small, uh, it's there. Uh, otherwise, I wouldn't be able to. I feel like I'm going to miss a boat if I don't have any equity line of credit accessible. If uh, it comes to a time that I could purchase something, and um, I'm not going to be buying a car or anything like that. It'd be more for any kind of real estate transaction in the future, or uh, some uh, some other uh, 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 some other investment that's that's uh, promising. Yeah, I'm not really. I'm not with you on that, and I'm sorry about that, but to me, a home equity line of credit has a flawed thesis, and that flawed thesis is that you could do better elsewhere. You're losing three and a quarter percent at this point in time. You're making one and a half percent. To me, it just, it it makes it a sound like you're smart in the system, thinking that you're going to beat the system by getting better returns. I have a home. I don't have a home equity line of credit. If I want to build an add-on, I go, look, sugar booger, let's save some money. I.e., let's not go to dinner. Let's not go on Mexican vacation this year. Let's save and let's pay for it in cash. I don't like paying for things with 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 credit. I don't. It's To me, it's it, it's okay because it's a low cost. And I, I preferably, let's say I, I'm going to do a $60,000 add-on or $100,000 add-on. Yeah, I'll take out a home equity line of credit because I got equity in the home, but I don't like your idea of trying to beat it. It just to me that it feels flawed, um, and I don't know if I can talk you otherwise out of it. It's just the flawed concept that you're going to get a better rate of return, and I think it puts you in a position of of trying to get too much. For instance, I talk about that fidelity, Ginny May. There is risk to it. People could prepay their mortgages, and that's the risk to the uh, Ginny May funds. Uh, on top of it, a rising interest rate environment could potentially hurt the principal. So I don't want you doing that. Um, I like the dividend out of it. I love the dividend out of it. But that's what I like out of it, the dividend. So uh, I don't like buying investment in real estate with borrowed funds. Like you keep talking about how you might want to use that money to go put it on another home. I don't like it. If you don't have the money, you don't have the money. Don't Don't tap the piggy bank that is your home with a line of credit because it's a line of credit. It's not a line of equity. It's a line of credit where if you don't pay that back, you lose the home, Charlie. Or if there's an earthquake the day after, then you have $100,000 in equity line of credit on two properties and you lose both of them. Um, I just, I'm a little bit more conservative. And I know it, I don't sound like I'm conservative, um, but. I've, I've, I've followed you all. I've, 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 I've jumped into the stock market back in uh, March and I've done fairly well listening Good. to you. You know, and I, I take your advice and I'm, 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 I diversified pretty pretty much uh, uh, right across the board, except for I'm not in the Asian funds or uh, international right now. I'm, I'm, I'm a little worried about that, but I'm also listening to you about the index funds and this and that. It's very, 
a very uh, uh, interesting interesting move uh, with regards to dealing with things that you don't really know, such as Asian funds and this or that, any other kind of world funds. But um, yeah, I mean, I, the equity line of credit, it, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about losing it because it's, it's uh, and that's why I took it out because they were threatening to take it out. They actually, they reduced it down 20,000 bucks. I told my wife, you know what, I better take the rest of that sucker out and just keep it somewhere safe. Yeah, we're going to lose about 1.5% on it uh, because of the fact that I'm only making 1.5% right now. But it's there if we have, a, if we have an emergency. Because right now, I have about 33000 uh liquidable cash assets in stock and about 66000 in retirement that I can't touch till I'm 59 and a half. So I just want to have something to fall back on just in case there is an earthquake and I have to rebuild. What? I have that cash there. Why not have an emergency fund? But that's going to take a personal asset, right? Yeah, I got an emergency fund. I got two to six months of cash that's, that's sweet. I don't keep it in bundled ones under my bed or anything like that. I've got it in an account earning low interest. That's like my mother-in-law. <laughs> I know, I know. And see, the funny thing is, is at times I sound really sexy. Like I'll say, um, I like girls in glasses because they're sexy. I, it, to me, the missionary position is kind of sexy. Like I, I don't mind saying that out loud. I don't want you to be too sexy, sexy though with your investments because I... I, I think you can get in over your head, Charlie. I mean, you're, you're, you've got a flawed – you're telling me that you think a line of credit is an asset, and I think it's a liability. So you and I just don't see eye to eye. Yeah, yeah. I would rather you earn your cash, put it in the piggy bank, and then it's yours. It's your cash, and that, that's your, your emergency fund. I don't look at an equity line of credit as an emergency fund. And the fact that you're doing it despite the bank tells me, dude, get over yourself. Like, you don't want to spite the bank. They're taking it away from you because they see it as a potential liability that what happens if Charlie loses his job? Right. They're, they're, they're the sober one in the relationship. Sure. Sure. So, I don't know. It's Again, I'm not going to stop you from doing it. I'm going to tell you, I legally can't tell you to go out and take great risk with things along those lines. I mean, I, you, you're, you're, you give a lot of good information, and, and uh, we need some good radio like this, you know? I don't know about that. I just said missionary position is kind of sexy, so I think we could do it with a little less raw black in my book. But thanks for the call. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Let's squeeze in another email. Um... This one says, I have a really large collection of unsecured debts. I'm hearing a lot about debt relief companies that suggest a person not pay their debts so that the company can settle their accounts for less money. This pretty much does not sound right to me. Do you have someone I could talk to? Okay, the first person I would talk to if I have big debt is Consumer Credit Counseling Services, San Francisco. Now, that's where I'd start in Utica. But I live in Oakland. I live in Stockton. Boom, shakalakalaka, and Compton. Um, If you have big debt, Talk to someone and get a referral from Consumer Credit Counseling Services, San Francisco.org. So it's three C's, two S's, one F.org. And basically, they're going to look at your debt. And if you think you're going to pay someone to settle your debt, you could do it yourself. You just said, I can't do it myself, so I'm going to pay someone to do it. There are no guarantees. There's no guarantees that it's going to work for you. So I would not miss payments just so that you can you know, be looked at as a distress where they're more serious of, of dealing with you. Uh, maybe that's your play. Maybe that's your option. I know that it works for some people. I know that it's a disaster for other people. For instance, I know a person who missed two or three payments just so the mortgage company would be serious about him doing a refinance and ultimately got foreclosed on, and now his credit's ruined as well. Yeah, kick in the face. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. It's the Rob Black Show. You can drop me an email, rob at robblack.com, rob at robblack.com. I got more content for you. I'm going to talk about Vegas. 
I got a great Vegas story for you on how Vegas is is kind of going 21st century on us. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at talk910.com, talk910.com. Bright light said it gonna set my soul, gonna set my soul on fire. Got a whole lot of money that's ready to burn, so get those stakes up higher. There's a thousand pretty women waiting out there. They're all living the devil may care. And I am just a devil with love to spare. So Viva Las Vegas! Viva! Who doesn't like a little Elvis? Remember when Elvis was on Ed McMahon show and women went crazy because he did his little pelvis thing? My mom talks about that. I don't, I don't remember that. <laughs> I'm not that old. What was that? Oh, hi. Oh, okay. It was Ed McMahon, not Ed McMahon. No, no, not Ed McMahon show. Um, Namdra. No, we got a really big show. Um, Ed somebody, Ed Sullivan, Ed Sullivan. So Elvis was on the Ed Sullivan show. A lot of people, he, when he did that show, his, his little pelvis thing. I mean, good God, if you watch TV today, it's like how much butt or how much lobe of the breast can we show or not show? It's all about pushing the edge. Um, words like douche. Five years ago, you couldn't say the word douche. Now you can say douche, 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 douche everywhere you want. Um, anyway, Elvis had a little brother and he never made it big because of his nickname. Nickname was, well, his name was Enos. And, well, you can imagine. <laughs> I'll be here all week. Don't forget to try the veal. Tip your waiters or waitresses all the way out. Let's go to Susan in San Rafael. Susan? You should be ashamed of yourself. That Enos joke is so old. It is an old joke, but it still works, right? Now, Susan, you sound like you've got a, you sound a little bit older than me. I'm probably maybe even a lot older you, than you. I'm not sure. Well, let's just say a little bit. Do you remember Elvis being on the Ed Sullivan show? Yes, and I remember they didn't show the pelvic whatever, the gyrations. Now, as a young woman, would that have corrupted you? Would that have sent you into a hysteria or, or not, not so much? All. Not in, a, in essence, what's really funny is not only, I mean, I would never scream in any show or at any, I, it, the whole thing is absurd to me. Um, the other thing is that I'm very much like you are. I pay everything. I pay cash except for a mortgage. I owe nothing on credit cards. And um, I had a lot of money in the market, and I took much of it out. And I want to put it back in slowly, and I have been buying ETFs. And I was wondering, uh, are you familiar with an ETF that you would recommend that had to do with China so we could take advantage of... Um, you know, what's going on there, the industrial growth, the amount. In other words, the fact that they're really doing well and getting rich. Sure. I have to be very, very careful on specific recommendations, Susan, because literally I don't have a contract for next I understand. year. And if I were to say to you, like, for instance, um, I think 5% of your money could be in the Australia ETF, EWA, and 5% could be in the Brazilian index, EWZ. And then you balance that out a little bit by going even more international with the 10% in the China Top 25 Xingzhu Index, which is FXI. I could do that, but then again, I can drop over dead tonight, and you're going to like go, <laughs> when do I sell these? Um, I've got EEM, 
and I've got a few of the total world. One is total world minus the U.S., and one is the total world with the U.S. I've got some spiders, and I've got some cues. Um, I don't have uh, anything specific, but you're saying that FXI is a China fund? Uh-huh. And it, does, it, does it involve the top? Uh, top 25 holdings in China. So it's kind of a large cap China fund. Now, here's another one. Here's one that I would almost prefer we talk about. Like, for instance, um, the International Dividend Fund, ticker symbol DWX, DWX. I think that's a nice um, ETF as far as things go. Uh, Emerging markets. um, For those who are looking below China and India, maybe VWO, VWO, I think is a nice play. Um, India, I think EPI, EPI is a nice play. So thought about that. I've thought about India a lot. Yeah. And I thought, as Pakistan is still crazy, and we're unsure of it. I mean, not that a catastrophe couldn't break out any place in the world, but it just seems that's such a hot area now, although India is growing tremendously. Um, I, I was interested in China. At first, I was also interested in currency ETFs. Sure. You know, so that something could balance out the dollar. But from what they're saying, that Ireland and Spain and various other... Um, a good ETF tied towards emerging currencies is uh, CEW. CEW. Now, with that said, I think we have a stronger dollar in 2010. Well, that's what I've started to say. I just started to say it turns out because the euro looks like it's going to be... It may be the euro countries may be in trouble. The dollar is going to get stronger. Oh, oh. Ultimately, there are no right answers, right? It's just about compromises and time frames. So was there any female um, actress that made you scream or singer? <laughs> oh, any female. Let me think about that. I tend to scream like high-pitched, like, <laughs> when I see microbrew beers. Um, I get all excited about microbrews. Um, I see. But, but the same thing. is, It's rather absurd to be screaming about... You know, somebody's face or someone performing in front of you. I you know, I saw, and I'll almost disagree with you, live music kind of gets me pumped um, in a good way. So I watched the Arcade Fire last night on PBS. They showed a, a, one of their concerts, and it is Austin City Limits. It's an awesome show where, like, you could almost start dancing at home. Oh, that's different. No, I don't mean to get pumped. I dance around the kitchen all the time when I put on some old rock and roll. But I mean, being you know, being in the Oprah show audience or, or listening to Elvis and all of a sudden it's getting totally hysterical. Yeah. I mean, get a life. I, you know that I was married to a Playboy model, so like I don't get weak need over beautiful women. I do actually I do get weak need over beautiful women. So that's let me let me correct myself. Pardon me for interrupting you. Oh, very much past tense. It was the shortest. I mean, honestly, the gnats live about two days. <laughs> this was less than a gnat's lifespan. <laughs> so. Oh, that's really terrific. Well, I just started listening to your um, program. In fact, I just listened to it for 10 minutes. And I, I need to tell you, you say your telephone number so fast that I kept writing it down incorrectly and dialing all these 800 numbers incorrectly. We're trying to actually, Susan, Susan, listen to me for a second. Listen to me. We're trying to weed out people over the age of 60. (laughs) People over 60, they're what are called shut-ins in radio. They sit in front of their TV all day long, and they talk to the TV. They talk to QVC like they're listening. 
So they don't spend money on advertising. So I, I'm trying to weed them out. So like I'll say things like missionary position sexy because old people don't want to talk about sex. I'll talk about anus the pain, because old people don't want to like they think it's vulgar. So I try to weed them out, Susan. And my ultimate goal yeah. is to relaunch Logan's Run, but not as a TV show, but as real life where once you turn 35, you're basically hunted down. And that puts me in a bad light, honey. Soylent greed is made out of people. And certainly don't look it and certainly don't feel it and have a very, very um, you know, active mind. I'm really interested in lots of things, and I have a great sense of humor. So I don't know if you want to really eliminate us. I probably don't really want to do it, but it's good radio. It sounds good. And if it's good radio, that boosts ratings. So I recently beat Rush Limbaugh in the ratings. All I can say is I took down Rush Limbaugh, the number one radio host in America. Thank God for that. Thank God. I want to go that far. I would thank Yarwi for that. (laughs) Yarwi. It's kind of a secondary or tertiary God, if you know what I'm saying. Thanks for the call, Susan. 800-345-5639 to get your calls there. It's 800-345-5639. Y'all get the feeling Susan would have stayed talking to me all day long? I do, too. 800-345-5639. It's Rob Black. Show. I'm Rob Black. Oh, good God. It's a holiday shortened weekend. I'm only here Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, right? Yeah, only Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. On Thursday and Friday, it's going to be Virtual Rob 2.0. We've programmed a computer to do a live show. No, no, no. That's not true. We've programmed a computer to do Rob Black saying. So it'll be like, ha, 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 ha. Ho, 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 ho. Bye, bye, bye. It's Rob Black Show, 800-345-5639. Get your calls there. It's Rob Black Show. And, oh, just for Susan, 800-345-5639. Isn't it great, Susan, now that you're older? We're talking to you again like we used to when you are eight years old. 800-345-5639. John Cobelt. I'm Ken Champeau. We're the John and Ken Show. Join us weekdays from 3 to 7. Now, Rob Black on 910 AM, more stimulating talk. It's Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. I got no plans for, for New Year's. When did that start happening where you used to start getting plans like first week, second week of December? I got nothing planned. I got nothing going on. I got invited to no Christmas parties. I didn't get a Kindle from any of the listeners or viewers. I'm bitter. I might be end up in Vegas, though. For decades, sports bettors in the cities have queued up at sports books. They're starting to add some new technologies that I think are kind of cool. It's from a company called Cantor Gaming, not publicly traded. Now, it lets gamblers place bets on certain sporting events like football or baseball, tennis matches, and horse races from anywhere in the casino and play other games like blackjack and backrat. So basically what it is, it's a huge butt smartphone. It's big. It's not small. It's bigger than a smartphone. It's smaller than a laptop. So you kind of get the idea. You can wager on like a field goal or not. It's pretty cool. It's, it's another way of getting us, you know, men who are ADD suffering freaks to, you know, Hey, we win the bet on the field goal, but we lose the next bet. They know that. And we always bet it. We let it ride, let it ride, let it ride, and eventually we'll lose it all. Casino revenue in Nevada hovers around $10 billion. Last year, revenue from sports bets was only about $125 million, about 1.2% of the bets in Vegas tied towards sports. 
So now they're they're trying to get people who want their bets to last a little bit longer. So it's called an e-deck, and it's a chubby iPhone. And sports books at the Venetian, the Plaza, on the Strip have these. And again, it's an introduction. It's a portable device. It's it's new ways of getting your money from you. And I I think it's nice. It's it's one of those nice things about 21st century Vegas. It is changing with the times. 800-345-5639. If you haven't seen one of these, they're pretty cool to play with. Let's go to Marco in Menlo Park. Marco? Hey, what's up, Rob? How you doing? Not too much. Um, I just had a quick question. If uh, Let's say you accumulate like maybe $500 um, you know, dollars a month in surplus. So where, where would a good uh, place to invest that? In, in stock? In mutual funds? Uh, what would you do with that money? Do you have a 401k? Um, no, I don't have a 401k. Is it offered to you? Um, no, I mean, uh, my last uh, employer, I did have a, a 401k with a Fidelity, but right. um, I saw that plummeting and I rolled it over to uh, Scott Trade and I bought some stock. Okay. Did you take it out of a 401k or did you roll it over to an IRA? Roll over to IRA. Yeah. Okay. I I say always fund the IRA. Uh, first okay. and foremost, Marco. And if you do it with cash, you do it with cash. If later on, you know, a couple months down the road, you got five months at $500, $2,500, and you're saying, let's make a decision on, you know, do we do a fund or do we do an ETF or do we do a stock or do we keep it liquid with it, like maybe a Ginny Mae fund or what have you? I don't know if there's a right answer for you as far as where to put it. I say fund that IRA and fund that 401k. If I die today, that's really what I want you to do. Yeah, what's it, what's that Jenny May uh, thing about? Can you uh, explain that to me? You're too young for a Jenny May, Marco. Marco, Jenny Mays are for older people who want safe and secure assets. Um, it's it's basically the United States government. They help fund the housing market with Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. But before it gets there, it gets funded in Jenny May. Um, and it's government secured. It's government backed. Now, their principal has a little bit more risk than cash does. But the dividend's higher than cash. So you trade a little bit of principal risk for a little bit better interest rate. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I have one quick question. Um, there's a stock out there, and uh, the stock symbol is MTLQQ. It's at $0.49. Cents. I think it, it's a, it used to be GM, but it converted to a MTLQQ symbol. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Sure. It's going to be worth zero. General Motors is in bankruptcy, and they owe the United States. What's happening there? Sure, it's um, it could be publicly traded and still be worth no value down the road, Marco. What happens if, for instance, let's say I'm a, a trillionaire, and I say I'm going to buy General Motors and I'm going to make little cars for midgets around the world? It's going to be my folly. I'm going to save GM from bankruptcy. I'm going to pay off the United States government. I'm going to make midget cars for midgets. That's going to be my kick and my folly. Then that those shares that are still traded have some value. But I don't think a white knight's going to jump in, Mark. I don't think there's anyone that wants GM at this point in time. And they owe so much money to the United States government. When the government gets repaid, you're going to see a revaluation of those shares. Only idiots, only fools, only monkeys, Marco, look at a, a company that has five tick, five letters in its ticker symbol, i.e. it's in bankruptcy, it's being delisted, it's a pink sheet. Only a fool, a monkey, would look at that and go, ooh, 49 cents for GM? Yes, please. They're going to start selling cars again. They're going to sell this, the, the Volt, and it's going to go crazy higher. you got to be a monkey, dude. Stay away from the pink sheets. They're only going to get you into trouble. Thanks for the call. Speaking of getting into trouble, some donkeys. 
Some donkeys have escaped a live nativity scene in Colorado. There's there's calamity in Vail, Colorado. There's donkeys on the street. A living nativity scene, which just sounds wrong to me. I mean, if it's a nativity scene, are you telling me there's a baby Jesus that's real? Colorado Ski Resort of Vail. Two crucial actors escaped. Two donkeys escaped. The nativity scene is an annual tradition for Eagle River Presbyterian Church. Pastor Rob Wilson says the two borrowed donkeys were being held in a fenced-in pen for the event, but the animals pushed their way through it. A church member who stopped by the church Wednesday noticed that the donkeys were gone. He and a sheriff's deputy followed footprints in the snow and eventually caught up with the donkeys. Boo! I wanted the donkeys to escape. That would have been a better story. Donkeys had wandered off to a near railroad track, but they were okay. Well, that suddenly isn't as fun of a story. But I love the idea that donkeys have escaped a nativity scene. I don't think donkeys should be held in, uh, against their will to be in a nativity scene. IBM. Ladies and gentlemen, IBM is breaking out to an all-time high. That's worthy of mentioning. Why? I don't know. Other than that it's a Dow Jones Industrial Average stock. Other than it's one of those companies that hopefully didn't panic and sell out of. I think the services business of IBM is so good and so international, I think you can accumulate the stock in your lifetime. I don't think it's as good as Visa, but I think it's damn good. Sam Palmisano, who's got a great blog at IBM.com. Initiatives to boost top-line growth and dramatically expand their business. They've been deploying expertise and equipment all over the developing world. They're boosting efficiencies for companies. The whole cloud computer thing, ultimately making desktop computer systems obsolete. It's going to be more of a story in 2010 and 2011 and 2012. Employees work remotely. Companies try to boost their efficiency. Cloud computing is the right idea. You're saying, Rob, give me a little bit more techie. Give me a little bit more nerd. Why do you like Wall Street? Well, Lipper today, and Lipper spelled L-I-P-P-E-R. Lipper, as in your blah, 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 lips. Lipper, they reported equity fund inflows of $9 billion. $9 billion into stock funds. Taxable bond flows, $2.8 billion. ETF outflows, $317 million. Taxable bond flows, $2.4 billion. So, Look at that number. In the last week, 11, 12, 13, $14 billion came in the stock market. That's a lot of buyers. That's why I like Wall Street. There's no other way to save for retirement. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. NVIDIA. NVIDIA and AMD, both in the news. They're going to launch some GPUs, graphic processor units. But DirectX 11 GPU, it's going to be called the Fermi. Fermi. So... NVIDIA's delay in their launch until March 2010. Probably not a bad idea because they've got good competitive product out there right now, as does AMD. AMD originally scheduled to launch Fermi in November 2009, but delayed until CES in 2010, ultimately due to defects. These two companies, NVIDIA and AMD, through their ATI tech unit, they are so cutting edge that when they come out with new product, it's always buggy. You never want to buy a video game, a video processor, a GPU. In, in its first week or first month. You want to wait for the bugs to be found. So ultimately, NVIDIA plans to launch a 40 nanometer GDDR5 memory-based Fermi GF100 GPU in March. It's going to launch a GF104 version in the second quarter to target the high-end market with its GeForce 295, 285, 275, 260. The source points out. So um, NVIDIA has got some pretty hot product out right now. AMD's got the best product out right now. Their, their cards are doing a little bit better in speed and performance than 
NVIDIA. Now, the only reason I throw this out there is uh, it's a tough area to invest in because a glitch here or a glitch there it can kill a company. If NVIDIA thinks they've got the hot-selling high-end product and they can't get it out and they can't get it out and AMD still has it and AMD still has it and AMD, every month is a killer. It is a killer because that's when you're starting to charge the premium prices. 800-345-5639. Apple price target raised 260 buckaroos today on iPhone International Expansion. So ultimately, analysts are saying, hey, this iPhone thing in the United States, they're only using AT&T Wireless. But in other international markets, they're using companies that have more penetration, more access to more um, subscribers. So the global footprint of Apple's potential continues to grow. And as that footprint grows, they fill it in with some sort of market share. So price target raised to 260 buckaroos over at Broadpoint today. Ooh, I'm all out of town and I'm so lost. I'm all out of time and I'm so lost without you. I'm going to start a tradition. I know you're saying, tell me, tell me, tell me. I'm gonna, I'll tell you my tradition that I'm going to start tomorrow because I want to think about, do I really want to throw that out there on air? So you got to wait 22 hours to hear about a new tradition that I want to start. I think it's hilarious. I think it's funny. I think you'll hear about me. I think I'll become legendary. It's that kind of tradition. 800-345-5639 if you want to wait 22 hours on hold. 800-345-5639. I'm live. I'm live, baby. Today, tomorrow, and Wednesday. That's it. <laughs> then I'm taking Thursday and Friday off. It's Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. Glenn Beck. This is 910 AM. More stimulating talk. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.